So what's everybody talking about today? Obviously, the main event of AEW Dynamite last night between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. We talk about that and also everything that happened on AEW Dynamite and NXT next on the Squared Circle Cycle Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, this main event, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, to say the least, was well beyond my expectations. And some people even calling it the best women's match ever. Your thoughts? Uh, it certainly exceeded all my expectations. And, and and I only say that because we've already seen them have a match and we know that the match was really good. So usually when you try to live up to what you've already done, now that people are expecting you to do that again, it's usually much, much harder to please people because, mm-hmm. you know, there's only so much you're going to be able to do. Uh, granted, the circumstances going into this match were, were much different, as everybody could see. Um, this was, uh, how did, how did they build this? Was this a hardcore match? An unsanctioned match. That's, that's it lights call, out unsanctioned match. Okay. So this was the second one, I believe in AEW history. Um, and, and dare I say the best one in AEW history. Is that, is that fair? Would you say this was better than, uh, Moxley and Mr. Omega there? I don't know. I mean, I don't really want to play the comparison game because I get to that. Because a lot of people are saying, oh, it's be- it's the best women's match ever. One of the greatest matches of all time. I think, you know, in right now, because it happened so recently, it's easy to say those kind of claims. But I think you really need to think about this. Uh, first off, this is the third Lights Out match because there was Moxley versus Joey Janela at Fighter Fest. The first Fighter Fest. That was the first Lights Out unsanctioned match. Then it was Moxley and Omega. And now this one. I think... It's it, it still, it was very, very good. Do I say it's the best? I don't know. I, I still, I still like the Omega Moxley one because it told a, a really good story. And this one did too. They laid it out there. And, you know, considering that, I don't know what to really expect from this match. I wasn't expecting thumbtacks. I wasn't expecting the amount of blood Britt Baker laid out there. Some serious bumps on the ladder, some serious bumps through tables. Definitely, you know, not even for a woman's match, just a flat out lights out unsanctioned match. It was a great, great match. Now, if you want to call it the best ever, you know, that's your opinion. If you want to call it the best lights out match ever, the best women's match ever, obviously you can make the case for either one, but I think it's a little too rushed to go quickly saying that was the best ever of anything right now. It was a great Uh, match nonetheless. And and usually whenever it's the most recent, of anything, people usually start talking about the best, the best, it's the best this, it's the best that. Um, it was very good. It was definitely much more hardcore than than I was anticipating. I certainly mm-hmm. didn't like it. Like you, I did not anticipate thumbtacks by by any means at all. No, that's that's very rare to see this day and age it, by by any standard. Not just for for women. I can't even. Th- I I don't think I've ever, to be quite honest, I I, I have never seen a women's match where they they've used thumbtacks. Have you? I mean, the only matches I think of with thumbtacks involve ECW Darby Allen or Mick Foley. That's all I could think of It never a women's match. So props to Britt Baker for taking the power bomb onto those thumbtacks. And speaking of which, although she didn't win the match, do you feel like she got over more than Thunder Rosa did, even though Thunder Rosa won the match? So before the thumbtack spot even happened, seeing her with the bloody face, which, mind you, props to 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 uh, Britt Baker there, because, my God, that was 
the only thing there's only a few people that can truly gush blood to that extent and make it look as good as she made it look um rick flair was synonymous and well known mm-hmm. for his ability to i i don't know if she she bladed last night or what i think she happening, did but my god she was like a leaky faucet that could not be stopped last night and the first thing that i thought was becky lynch and I hate to make comparisons, but I don't say it in the sense that I'm comparing the two, you know, wrestler to wrestler. I'm saying it in the sense that when, unfortunately, Nia Jax knocked out Becky Lynch or whatever happened, that un- unfortunate mistake where she, like, smashed her face, mm-hmm. that was a star-making moment. Accidentally, the same way Stone Cold Steve Austin having the, the he- his head busted open in his match against Bret Hart passing out, all that type of stuff. That was a star-making moment. I truly feel like last night, Britt Baker got over to an extent that she could only dream to be over with 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 the majority of the fans. Because thinking back to where Britt Baker was when she first debuted, she wasn't getting the response from the fans as a face that a lot of people nope. felt like she was going to get. She wasn't clicking in the ring. And she's just really coming into her own ever since she's become this heel. And it's really working. And all of these things are really starting to fall into place for her. And I know that sounds a little strange saying, oh, well, because she was cut open in the way that she bumped in the match and the, 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 the thumbtack spot and all of that, all that stuff really helped legitimize her last night in the sense that she probably got a lot of respect from fans just for what she put herself through. Totally agree. Um, totally you know, agree. So that, 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 was, that was my lasting impression from it. There, there were a few people that I really felt flexed last night and showed that they have it factor. Two of them were on Dynamite. One of them was on NXT, and she was one of them for sure in my mind. Yeah, and I, I'm. Uh, we'll talk about who the other two are later on in the show. But Britt Baker's performance last night. Now, I like I said, I don't want to make the comparisons, but I feel like this is somewhat warranted. And you, you, you think about certain wrestlers' performances who have this really unbelievable match, yet they lose, but yet. In the loss, they get to that next level, whether they're like a Mick Carter becoming a main eventer, an unknown name becoming now a household name, whatever the case may be. You talk about Mick Foley after Hell in a Cell, King of the Ring 1998. You already mentioned Stone Cold Steve Austin against Bret Hart. Darby Allin against Cody Rhodes in the time limit draw. Britt Baker here, I believe in the losing effort, made herself from the possible face of the women's division in AEW to the flat out face of the division. And if she does not get the women's title with the, before or at double or nothing, Tony Khan has some serious booking issues because she already should have had it. But last night just defined why she should be the face of this division, why she should be the women's champion and why almost every storyline in AEW's women's division right now, needs to start with her. And don't you almost feel... So So everybody's talking about this match. They're getting the opportunity to main event. They're talking about it today, how it delivered. They're talking about Britt Baker having this... What most are, are saying is like a star-making moment. Any, mm-hmm. Anybody who watched the match, or a good majority of people that watched the match, are praising it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you think the match itself, and the fact that it main evented, and how much attention it's getting, just goes to show you like the tournament that they had put together was essentially kind of more or less a waste. I mean, mm-hmm. what came out, the only thing that really came out of that was uh, Maki Ito. Like a lot of people are into her. Other than that, I can't really think. And of, she's gone. 
She's already gone yeah, back to I, Japan. I can't I can't think of any major positives that came out of that. I felt like Thunder Rosa and and Britt Baker should have certainly been involved in that a little bit more, had a little bit better storyline interaction. That was the one critique of this, right? Going back to AEW, building up to Revolution, you look at the way Jericho and MJF obviously attacked Papa Buck. You would think, like, what we saw last night would be something that would be warranted, like a type of match, a, a blood and guts match, like a really big moment that you would get out of something where, you know, it's like it's like a blood feud. Like mm -hmm. you had with MJF and Jericho and the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Thunder Rosa and and Britt Baker certainly they've had they have history together, but nothing led me to believe it warranted like an unsanctioned match because the tension that they've had has essentially been a couple running spots here and there. Nothing like too crazy. Nothing nothing that would push me to believe like okay, well they need to have this unsanctioned match. That would be my one critique of not the match but just mm -hmm. like the situation leading into it because I felt mm -hmm. like again this could have been a really bi much bigger moment than it is right now had it had some momentum going into it. And I felt like, you know, just the up and down of the, of the feud because of the, whether it was because of the tournament or just not fully investing in the women's division, whatever the case may be, it, they kind of took a break from their feud, went back into it and then kind of eased into this match. And it was kind of like, okay, well, they're going to main event. Let's see how they do. And granted they went in there and tore the house down, which is great. Mm -hmm. So the build to it was a little lackluster. And I think it really showed that the tournament itself they made a big mistake in terms of their booking. I, I totally agree with you. And the fact that this was really the only storyline in the women's division for a good six months. Let's, yeah. let's put it that way. And it was on and off. You know, Thunder Rosa wasn't there. Thunder Rosa was there. Britt Baker wasn't there. Whatever the case may be, they couldn't consistently keep the momentum going for those six months. But there was a lot of pressure with this match. Absolutely. The, the, the fact that they needed to deliver even a, a an average match just to say, oh, they, they main evented and it was a decent match, a watchable match. No, they do. They went out there and said, screw you, Moxley, screw you, Omega, screw you, Darby, screw you, Janela. We could do what you can. And then some, that's yeah. what they showed last night. And just giving them the opportunity to do that just shows, you know, just, just let them do their thing. Don't worry about eliminator tournaments. Don't worry about, uh, you know, trying to bring over a certain style from other aspects. Just bring the story and let these wrestlers just have the match. If you build the story and the match follows through, it's definitely warranted. And this match, even without the, the, the best build, pulled it off in such a great way that now you can even start trusting to have multiple storylines in the women's division. And I definitely think they started that last night. I mean, they kind of did it already, but now we're getting a little bit more growth between Jade Cargill and Red Velvet. Yes. Yeah. Is, is that one of your two stars from AEW besides Britt Baker? Uh, it wasn't. I would. I certainly would include Jade in there because, you know, I, in terms of trying to make your talent feel like they're they're capable of maybe something they're better than, you know, because I, Jade right now, I think she's probably still very green, but the way they they were able to highlight her in a squash match and the way that she was able to come out with her entrance made it feel like she was a big deal, whether she mm -hmm. went out there and performed and had a 20 minute match or she had a squash match. She came out of last night looking really good. And I, I like that, that this is why we always talk about on the show. Look, you don't have to have a 20 minute back and forth match that if it doesn't make sense to like 
sometimes it makes sense to go out there and have your talent just look good in a two-minute squash match. And mm -hmm. last night, I thought that she looked really good. I thought that she kind of uh, expressed some of that it factor and showed that she's certainly capable of much more than just being, uh, you know, a more athletic female, somebody who who can go out there and actually work and be a, a major player in the women's division because, you know, they, they need to find talent like that. They can't just rely on these tournaments and uh, these uh, these obscure type th situations where, you know, I, I, I criticized them for this a couple of weeks ago. I felt like the tournament was booked for people who read dirt sheets, who are really diehard wrestling fans. And that's fine. You want to give that to, you want to have a, a little bit of everything for somebody, but at the same time, don't alienate the casual fan or even the fan mm -hmm. that, look, not everybody has that much time to invest in pro wrestling and to do research and say, okay, well, I know who this girl is from Japan or this person from the Indies. Sometimes you just need to go with the people who either, you know, look the best or have the best personality or can get the most attention or who are your best wrestlers and your biggest draws. And for last night, you know, Jade looked good. And I think Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa really made a name for themselves. And they're going to be the bigger, uh, bigger draws as far as the women's division is concerned. Right. Going and, forward. and right now, if you focus the women's division on Baker, Rosa, Cargill, Velvet, and Sheeta, those five, and just incorporate two or three stories each week on Dynamite, you will improve that women's division. That's know. all you need to do. Just focus on those five and try to keep them relevant each and every week. Just even just having Hikaru Shida watching in the backstage really helps because it's like, all right, whoever wins most likely gets a chance at the AEW Women's Championship or gets thrown up in the rankings. Now, Britt yep. Baker was in the top five. She loses, so let's see where she goes. If Thunder Rosa is staying in AEW, does she go back into the top five? Was this her last match? Because, you know, NWA is coming back this Sunday, so does that mean... This was her swan song, making Britt look good. And if that was the case, I would have had Britt win this match. But, yeah. you know, wins and losses in, in that situation don't matter. Now you have Cargill and you have Red Velvet. Have that storyline go. Red Velvet is undefeated and is in, I think, either one or two in the rankings last time I checked. So have her and Cargill have a storyline that culminates maybe in a match either on a, a special episode of Dynamite or uh, a double or nothing. And that's it. You don't need much. It, like They're trying to incorporate so many different people into a two-hour show that it loses sometimes the momentum. I agree, and it takes momentum away from some other individuals, not just like Britt Baker or Thunder Rosa, but just you know um, whoever it may be. If they're trying to build somebody up, if they're not on TV and on, on a weekly basis or every other week, people tend to forget about you. It's very easy for, to forget about people. Mm -hmm. I, I asked you before this. I said, was Ethan Page even on TV last night? You he said, not. no, I, I didn't even realize it. And he was a guy that debuted. You know, he had, a, I think, unfortunately, last week, his, his match was kind of squandered because of the whole audio issue. Right. And then they left him off TV this week, which, you know, he still knew they could still do something with him. But, um, you know, somebody that debuts like that, you probably want to make him feel at least uh, special in, in some way. Uh, all, right, all right, so I got to ask. I thought it was Jade. We already know Britt's one of them. Who was the second person that you said what made a star out of themselves last night? Uh, without one, he's, he's already a star. I think last night he really kind of solidified a couple of different things, and that was Christian. I loved his promo. I thought it was great. I thought it was exactly what he needed to say. I think that he proved that, you know, he look, he's got a lot of pressure on him going into AEW. 
and, mm-hmm. and, and it may not even be because of, of him and himself putting that pressure on himself going into AEW. I think it's mostly because Tony Khan promised so much out of him. And, you know, I think a lot of people, including us, were critical of the situation. Well, not so much us, but some people were critical of Christian going into AEW and potentially challenging for the title. Going into AEW and challenging for the title right out of the get-go. And last night, he pre- he kind of made things clear why he's there, what he intends to do. He even pointed out that, look, he knows that some people have been critical of him going to AEW, and he doesn't intend to take spots from anybody. He's going to be there, and eventually he's got his eye on that title, but that's not what he's intended to do right now. So I felt like he was great. I thought that he silenced a lot of critics, and he proved that he is well worth the money, especially because he can talk, and that is not an easy thing to come by in wrestling. Right. I like the promo, too. I thought it was very, very good, and it was short and simple. It was only two minutes, the promo, and he got everything that he needed to go out. You know, he got some of these guys that go on these really, really long promos, and they really go nowhere. Christian, you know, told you why he was there, what his goal is eventually, and what's next for him. He's there to outwork everybody. He's there for the AEW title eventually. So, like he said, Kenny Omega's on borrowed time. I thought it was a good promo. I don't think it was the best promo, though. I think the best promo on Dynamite this week belongs to MJF. I know, you know, MJF, anytime he touches the microphone, you know he's going to give a good promo. But this week, you know, he explains that the faction is called the Pinnacle. What that means, obviously, everybody being the best at what they do. War, uh, Wardlow's the best muscle man, the best tag team in FTR. Uh, you got Sean Spears there that's going to give people chair shots. And, of course, MJF being the star of the show. I love his jabs at Chris Jericho, his, you know, body shaming type promos there with the pecs separating, the gut, the balding hairline. It, I thought it was all good. A typical MJF promo, but it was, I thought, very, very good and a great way to start off this new faction, the pinnacle. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think that MJF's promo was really good. I think that Tully Blanchard being out there and cutting the promo that he cut, talking about how he started his career with the best faction and he's going to finish his best his career with the best faction. I thought that that was a good touch. Um, I think that out of this group, Wardlow is going to be made to look like a star. This will kind of hide some of, you know, if he's green at all, if he, if he's a little inexperienced just at this level, because, you know, he, he essentially was on the indie scene before he made his way to AEW. Right. He's a big guy. He's got a good look. He's young. He's athletic. I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him, whether that's an AEW or WWE. Um, but I feel like he's going to be a star coming out of this group and him being in the group. It's not like he's going to be expected to go out there and wrestle a match week in and week out to prove that he's ready to go. And that was the same thing when he was, you know, I guess you could say in the inner circle. Mm-hmm. FTR is great. A lot of people consider them the best tag team in the world. So it only makes sense for them to be there. I think if there's one guy that really needs to prove that he belongs in this group, it is Sean Spears. You yeah. Know, because I think, even just kind of looking at him amongst the group, it's almost like it feels like he doesn't fit for some reason. I, I don't know. I've seen the comparisons of him being the Paul Roma of the '92 version of the uh, the Four Horsemen. I don't know if I'd go that far. It's just Wardlow. You look at him, and he's got that. He's got that it factor, right? Mm-hmm. And and FTR is very well established. Tully is Tully. MJF is MJF. And then it's like, all right, well, Sean Spears is the guy that was Ty Dillinger that a lot of people felt like could have done something. And who knows? Maybe he proves that he's capable of a lot more than than he's been given to this point. Um, 
you know, and that's kind of like what MJF was getting at. But if there's anybody, if you lined them up and said, who doesn't belong in this group, I probably would point to him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But I think the matches for the most part were pretty good. But I will say there was one criticism for this show that I have as far as the matches are concerned outside of the Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa. And that is Cody Rhodes and Penta mm. and Eddie Kingston, John Moxley versus the Good Brothers were almost the exact same segment. So the heels dominate most of the match. They're isolating. They're they're beating up the faces. The faces come back. And then as the match approaches towards the end, the faces win with a, with a roll-up. Cody's case, it was the sunset flip. Moxley wins with the roll-up. Then the heels beat up on the faces. And then someone comes out to save the faces. And then that creates the storyline afterwards. For Cody, it was QT Marshall. For the Moxley segment and the uh, Kenny Omega segment, it was the Young Bucks. Did you feel the same or am I just overthinking this? No, you're not overthinking it. I think it's a criticism that we've talked about here on on the show before. You know, I for for whatever reason, an easy way for or an easy out for AEW to cut to try and kind of build storylines is is the schmas. They have somebody come out and there's this big pull apart brawl or there's some interaction. You know, there's other ways to do it. You don't necessarily always have to have somebody come out and interfere in a match or come mm-hmm. out after the match and jump somebody. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot. It happens frequently and People notice it. We're not the only ones who point that out. Right. And I mean, you could, you, you, you literally, you can just watch Dynamite on a weekly basis and know it's going to happen. Right. And it made sense in the, it made sense in the Moxley Kingston versus Good Brothers match. I think that was the right way, the right place to put that kind of segment because it, it keeps the storyline in place with Kingston and Moxley, but also extends the storyline with the Young Bucks. The Cody Penta, while it made sense because obviously they're leading to some kind of, I would think some rematch with Penta and Cody. What I think is really annoying with this is that Penta loses with a sunset flip, but yet he kicks out of a Canadian destroyer. He kicks out of a a a crossroads, a Cody cutter, but a sunset flip pins him. That's the element of surprise. That's, That's the point of the maneuver. It's like a roll up or a, a but after roll. but after Penta already kicked out of these three devastating moves that should have ended the match, he gets the element of surprise. Like nothing distracted him. He just lost on a sunset Listen, flip. If Britt Baker can kick out after being thrown through thumbtacks and on chairs and everything else, he can kick out of a sunset flip. Damn it! That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And the the move that Britt Baker kicked or eventually lost to was a freaking air um air raid driver to through the or tiger driver excuse me through the table that's right Sun, sunset flip come on come on like that that makes pento look weaker i think yeah i, I think yeah but, I, I get your point yeah all right nxt you already said someone looked like a star in nxt so let's start it off with that who do you think was the star coming out of nxt last night i think it was a one la night and not so much because of the way that his match went down but just his presence, his aura, everything about him. He he literally can go out there, cut a promo, and just get attention. And that, that's a rare thing in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked good uh, d- with, during, the, during the promo, like coming out. He was confident in the match that he had, even though it was a, a short-lived match. Uh, he had some aggression to him. Like, he's there to prove a point. And this is, I think, a big opportunity for somebody who's kind of bounced around from 
I guess you would say smaller promotions like, you know, TNA and he's been other places, NWA coming from there. And I think that eventually his goal is obviously to work his way up to the main roster. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that I think that he's going to have a lot to contribute. And I think there's going to be a lot of interesting storylines, especially if you look back to his promo last week, he already talked about, look, I'm not here for Flash. I'm a pro wrestler. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it the way I do it. And I'm not going to do any of the stuff that uh, you you younger, younger pro wrestlers are doing. And, you know, I think that will make for an interesting dynamic against some of the guys that work the style like they work in NXT and, you know, pretty much across pro wrestling nowadays. Now we are three weeks away from NXT stand and deliver. I feel like a lot of matches are already starting to formulate their storylines or the seeds were planted last night. One of those being with LA Knight and Bronson Reed. I think this is going to be an interesting match. Also considering this is Eli Knight's first feud. Eli Knight? LA Knight. What I say? Oh, Eli. Oh, Jesus. I combined the two. But yeah, LA Knight, excuse me. LA Knight's first feud. Very interesting to have it against Bronson Reed. I think this ends up being an NXT TakeOver match, considering they're having two nights. But they give you a lot of matches, I think, uh, for for the two nights. We already know Karrion Cross and Finn Balor for the NXT Championships happening. You would assume Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly is going to be happening. The contract is all but signed between Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez. Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano is probably going to be a match for the NXT uh, North American title. The undisputed NXT Cruiserweight title is going to be on the line with Devlin and Escobar. I thought their promo going back and forth last night was great. But one that I find interesting, I don't know if it's going to be a match at TakeOver or they're going to set something up that leads to an eventual match with these two. But for the United Kingdom Championship, the NXT UK title, Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa. Yep. First off, that slap that he gave Ciampa, I I felt it in Connecticut. He sent it to Florida. If I saw that live, unlike the one that I heard from Pete Dunn at Brooklyn, that's what I wanted to see from Walter. That thing was so freaking loud. Man. It was a good, good welcome back for him. Definitely the, sh- the chop heard around the world. Definitely. And I know he's going to be facing Rampage Brown at NXT UK in three weeks. So he's going to have some major jet lag if he f- defends the title one night uh, at NXT TakeOver and then has to do NXT UK prelude the next day in the UK. Yes, I know they're pre-recorded, but still doesn't matter. You know, in kayfabe, folks, keep kayfabe for just a little bit. But I, I think that's going to be I hope that's where they're going. Obviously, Timothy Thatcher falls into the storyline as well. That is going to be a banger of a match. But where do you think? What do you think of all the storyline progression last night of NXT? I thought it was very, very good. I felt like both shows were really storyline uh, oriented last night, like really focused on I progressing storylines. We already talked about everything on AEW and and um, NXT for that matter, had a lot going for it, too. E- even something as subtle as the the grizzled young veterans and MSK, we know there's some history there. And I think that's really what NXT has been missing for quite some time, like storylines that you can get invested in. And I think part of making last night, uh, a, for whatever, you know, obviously the ratings and the, the viewership didn't reflect this, but NXT, to me, was still a really good show, you know, mm-hmm. because it did progress storylines. It, it, it happened right from the beginning of the show, with um with with Finn Balor and Karrion Cross there, and then mm-hmm. it kind of continued throughout the night, progressing all the storylines. 
even the Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis dynamic, that's still going on. So at least something that you can get invested in and be like, okay, well, I want to watch it because I want to see what happens with this storyline, not necessarily just focused on match, 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 match. Right. Good match with the storyline associated with it. Cause that's the typical formula NXT follows. Um, but I thought that I thought both shows really delivered and progressed storylines in that sense last night. I, I totally agree. I think the storyline progressions were very good on NXT. I love the impromptu tag team championship match. I was going in it going, oh my God, they're going to make cross and ballad yeah. of two man power trip. But instead they make uh Finn Balor turn into a pinball where carrying cross is throwing them against the boards, taking the pin. And usually I'm not one that likes the champion getting pinned, but one, it's a tag team champion pinning the NXT champion. So it's not as bad. Uh, I think Birch and Lorcan definitely need to hold on to the titles, whether or not to drop into MSK or grizzly young veterans in the future. Yeah. I, I thought that was really good swerving and really good storytelling there. Everything with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, the whole Kyle O'Reilly tried to swerve him off the road kind of thing. You think Adam Cole had a bad night. I mean, Britt Baker had it a lot worse, but right. but still, that was still good stuff. I love in the Gargano-Loomis match where it looked like Loomis was out to reach out, you know, you know, let's be friends, and Austin Theory got all excited, but then Loomis put him in the silence. That was some great, yep. great stuff there, too. Great storyline progression, and as far as match quality, I mean, it's NXT. I think they have great wrestling matches throughout. Zoe Stark excelled yet again in the women's match against Dakota Kai. Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, I think that's going to be a great dynamic. Storytelling was there, man. It really was. For sure. Yeah. But you brought up the ratings. They both went down in the 18-49. to AEW Dynamite managed to stay sixth overall in the 18-49 demographic, but going down from a .32 to a .38. Overall viewership did go up because they did increase in the 50-plus demo, so they finished with 768,000 total viewers. But NXT, they took a hit. They went from a .18 to a .13 this week and lost nearly 100,000 viewers, dropping to 593,000 total viewers. So, Ralph, we talked about both shows, gave a little synopsis, the highlights of them. Which show did you think was better this week? Uh, I felt like Dynamite was better. Dynamite had the, the the main event that everybody's talking about, and that's the one last thing. Like, when everybody, if you watch both shows, you woke up this morning, thought about what you watched last night, what do you remember? Whatever left, left that lasting impression, for a good reason, is typically what you're going to, is going to sway your opinion. So I'm going to have to go with Dynamite, just because that, that main event was was very good. Um, and I think it helps solidify Britt Baker and prove that she is capable of being the face of women's pro wrestling, at least for AEW. And we'll see what happens from here on out. But I thought Dynamite took the took the cake last night. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. AEW Dynamite was such a good show, I think. I think they did a good job uh, with the storyline progressions, with their storylines. And I mean, we didn't even talk about this, but Sting, Darby Allin, Team Taz, yeah. Lance Archer, yeah. that whole dynamic was a very good segment. You close out one chapter, you ex go to the next one with Team Taz into Lance Archer. Uh, you know, Brian Cage could be breaking out of Team Taz. That was that I thought that was a really good segment. And there were a lot of like A or A plus segments last night on AEW Dynamite. NXT was good, but I didn't feel like they had that A plus segment last night. 
They had a lot of B's, B pluses, maybe even A minus. But Dynamite had the Britt Baker match, the Sting segment, Jade Cargill. I think were all A A segments last night. So hard hard to fight hard to fight that one. So let us know what you guys think of AEW Dynamite and NXT this week in the comments below. Don't forget to share us all over social media We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPB Podcast. And we got Merchant Mania going on. 20% off all our merchandise. Link is in the description. Subscribe, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.